In season four of the U.S. television show The Office, Michael Scott finds himself in financial hardship. On the advice of Creed Bratton, Michael decides to declare bankruptcy, which he does literally by walking into the office and shouting, I declare bankruptcy. It's a scene that plays right into Michael Scott's character as a lovable buffoon. But that scene often comes to my mind when I think about how we treat some commands in the Bible. It's not enough for us simply to declare our intention or desire to do something. We must actually strive to do it according to God's standard and in the power of His Spirit. Listen to the fifth commandment. This is in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Obeying the fifth commandment is not simply a matter of saying to your parents, I hereby honor you. It involves our entire being, our words, our actions, and yes, even our attitudes. So what does it mean to obey the fifth commandment? What does it mean to honor our father and mother? Well, let's start with two big picture observations. First of all, the fifth commandment is the first command that has to do with our love for our neighbor. I've pointed out in earlier podcasts that the Ten Commandments have traditionally been divided into two categories. The first four have to do with loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the final six commands have to do with us loving our neighbor as ourselves. Now, if you were to glance over commandments five through ten and ask yourself, which of these is most serious, what would your answer be? Of course, we could get all super spiritual and say, oh, they're all important. But I'll confess, my natural instinct is to say that the command not to murder must surely be the most serious. It's difficult to think of anything you could do to someone worse than murdering them. It may not be helpful to compare the commandments in this way, but the point is that we should take the fifth commandment much more seriously than we might be inclined to do. In Romans 1, Paul lists those who are disobedient to parents alongside murderers, haters of God, and inventors of evil. He says that such sinfulness is often a sign that a people have been given over by God to a debased mind. So honoring your father and mother, as it turns out, is incredibly serious. I know that there are many, many exceptions to this point, but broadly speaking, if we fail to love those neighbors who nurture and raise us, how can we expect to love anyone else? The fifth commandment is foundational to our love of neighbor. The second big picture observation is that the fifth commandment was given to everyone. As you read through the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, when God comes to the fifth commandment, He does not say, okay, now it's time for children's church. Moses, I want you to gather up all the kids. Let's go ahead and grab the teenagers as well. I have one commandment that is specifically for them. Children, honor your father and mother. Okay, now let's go back to the adults. Where were we? Right. You shall not murder. No. This command is given to all of God's people. It's for children and teenagers. It's for young and middle-aged adults. It's even for senior adults whose parents may be long deceased. This commandment applies to everyone. Of course, it does not necessarily apply to every person in precisely the same way. A 4-year-old and a 24-year-old and a 44-year-old and an 84-year-old will all obey this commandment in very different ways, which we'll get to in just a moment. 
Now that we have those two big picture observations in mind, let's dig into the nitty gritty of this fifth commandment. Perhaps the most crucial word we need to define here is the word honor. What does it mean for us to honor our father and mother? There's a long history of applying this word honor in three ways. You could look at it as essentially three distinct forms or expressions of showing honor. The first is respect. This is a way that we can honor our father and mother no matter what age we are. We can have respectful words and thoughts and attitudes toward those in authority, whether they deserve it or not. This does not mean, of course, that we can never question our parents. The Old Testament especially is filled with encouragements for the present generation to evaluate their ancestors. To the extent that they walked in the Lord's covenant, we should imitate them. But to the extent that they turned aside from the Lord, we should not walk in their ways. Instead, we should come back to the Lord's covenant. Respecting father and mother, then, does not mean refusing to evaluate or question them. It simply means that we give to them the inherent dignity that belongs to them as image bearers of God, and particularly those image bearers to whom God entrusted us from birth. Now, there's also a long history of applying this fifth commandment more broadly than the home. When God tells us to honor our father and mother, he's telling us to respect the human authorities he has placed over us. You can see this clearly in the New Testament where we're told to honor governing authorities and church authorities and so forth. The point is that all human authority is derived ultimately from God, which means that his authority requires that we honor human authority by showing respect. But God's authority also limits how we honor human authority. If a human authority, whether it's a parent or a president or a pastor, told us to do something that was clearly in violation of Scripture, we have no choice but to obey God rather than men. Even when we do not obey, however, we can still honor in the sense that we disobey respectfully. But make no mistake, if, if you have a problem with showing respect to human authorities, whether it's parents or government or anyone else, then you're ultimately failing to respect the God who placed them in authority over you. The first expression of honor is respect to those in authority. The second expression of honor is submission. Now, some people use the word obedience here, but I've chosen submission because, as I just pointed out, it is possible to show honor without obeying the one we're honoring. Of course, as far as children go, honoring father and mother does primarily express itself in obedience. Again, there are limits to that. We should not be naive to the fact that some parents abuse their children or otherwise give them sinful, unbiblical instruction. But for children, honoring father and mother most often expresses itself in obedience to reasonable, godly instruction. Paul tells children in Ephesians 6 verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's important that obedience is commanded in the Lord, meaning that failure to obey godly instruction is a failure to obey God. But it also means that parents are responsible to give their children godly instruction. Paul adds in Ephesians 6 verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. 
as we get older and perhaps begin a family of our own, there is a necessary leaving that takes place. This is God's design for a husband and wife, that they would leave their father and mother and cling to one another. So submission to our parents as we grow older transitions away from obedience and becomes more like listening respectfully, being willing to hear instruction and rebuke, and then even when we disagree with our parents, we do so with respect. The third expression of honor is gratitude. Of course, every parent of young children knows how frustrating it can be when you sacrifice so much for your children and they seem totally ungrateful for it. One of the most honoring things we can do for our father and mother is to tell them how thankful we are for the kind things they have done, the sacrifices they have made, the hardships they have endured because they were our parents. Gratitude is a powerful and meaningful expression of honor to our father and mother. But let me also say a personal word to parents on this point. We can all agree that parents should teach their children to be grateful. That's not necessarily something they're going to pick up on their own. We have to teach them to be thankful and to express that thanks to others, including, strangely enough, teaching them to thank us as their parents. It's part of teaching our kids to have empathy, to be aware of what others have done for us, and to return their kindness by acknowledging it and thanking them for it. As children grow up, however, and become young adults and even start their own families, there's often a danger of parents beginning to expect gratitude from their now-grown children. And in the heart of the parent, there grows this temptation to hold up all the sacrifices you've made for your children and say, after all I've done for you, beware of those words, after all I've done for you. Those words are not loving. They are manipulative. They are controlling. Whether you realize it or not, you're communicating to your child that the only reason you did those things for them when they were growing up is because you expected something in return. Those acts of love and kindness were not given freely because you're now exacting payment for them. So beware, parents, of making your children pay for the sacrifices that any godly parent would have made. Now, Back to our responsibility to honor our father and mother through gratitude. As we grow older, gratitude becomes the dominant expression of honor to our father and mother. And it's not only about telling them how thankful we are for them. It's primarily about supporting and assisting parents as they age. In other words, returning to them what they did for us when we were young and in need. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Timothy 5. Honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Those are strong words. Someone who is unwilling to financially assist his or her aging parents has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Jesus makes a similar point in Matthew 15. He says, For God commanded, Honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, If anyone tells his father or his mother, What you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. 
So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. Now think about what Jesus is saying there. Imagine someone who were to say to their aging parents, oh, I'm sorry that I can't help you because what I would have used to help you, I've already given to God. That sounds really pious, doesn't it? But Jesus rebukes that kind of thinking. He says, for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. There are many, many more things we could say about the relationship of Christian children to unbelieving parents or vice versa. We could talk about the beauty and significance of the church as a family that is even deeper than blood relations. We could talk about the importance of intergeneral relationships both within and without the church and the wisdom we all gain from that. We could talk about the need for families that are not joined by blood, adoptive and foster families. But for now, I want to make sure I leave you with a word of grace, not a word of guilt. Respect, submission, gratitude, these are the ways we're called to express honor to our father and mother and to other human authorities God has placed over us. But praise God, He does not accept us on the basis of how perfectly we obey the fifth commandment, or any other commandment for that matter. God sent His Son Jesus to live a sinless life in our place. The one who has all authority submitted Himself to obey His earthly father and mother, And he died in the place of imperfect children and imperfect parents. So yes, it is not enough simply to declare your intention or desire to honor your father and mother. But it's also true that this is not something you can do in your own strength. To show respect and submission and gratitude to earthly parents without a relationship with a heavenly father through faith All that external goodness would only lead to hell. Before you can honor your father and mother, you first need God as your heavenly father. You need to have a relationship with him by grace, through faith, on the basis of the work of his son, Jesus. And once you are a child of God, then you can strive in the spirit of God to obey the word of your heavenly father. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Henderson Baptist Church. If you'd like more information about our church, you can visit us on Facebook or check out our website, hendersonbaptist.org.